The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Seminar. A small group of students, as in a university, engaged in advanced study and original research under a member of the faculty and meeting regularly to exchange information and hold discussions. Please take your seats as class is about to begin. Issue 2. Poetry and Culture. Welcome back. I see that all of you have turned in your essays. My matrix will collate and grade all of them by the end of class. Note that failure to turn in your assignments will affect your mark. I am always watching you. While modern society has now ceased in the ancient practice of writing poetry, a style in which artistic metaphor and verse, free and rhythmic, is used, Humanity used poetry for a purpose, several in fact. Poetry told narratives, evoked careful emotion, and gave a suffocating people liberation in written word. However, some poetry was used to lament, despair, and mourn the loss of those they loved. For example, take this particular piece, written by Edgar Allan Poe. The title, A Simple Creature Whose Name is Colored with Lore and Superstition, The Raven. Once upon a midnight dreary while I pondered weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore. While I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. To some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Ah, distinctly I remember. It was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow. I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow. Sorrow for the lost. For the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name. Nameless here forevermore. And a silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating. To some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is, I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I open wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word. Lenore. 
merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment and this mystery explore. Tis the wind and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter. When, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he. Not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mien of lord or lady perched above my chamber door. Perched upon my bust of palace just above my chamber door. Perched and sat and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling. By the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou art sure no craven, ghastly, grim, and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Much I marvelled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly. Though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door. Bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door. With such name as Nevermore. But the raven sitting lonely on the placid bust spoke only that one word as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered. Other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me, as, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, Nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken. Doubtless, said I. What it utters is its only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master, whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, never more. But the raven still beguiling all my sad soul into smiling, Straight I wheeled the cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore. What this grim, ungainly, ghastly gaunt, an ominous bird of yore meant, in croaking. Nevermore. I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, oh, never more. 
Then methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch! I cried. Thy God hath lent thee by these angels he hath sent me respite, respite and release from thy memories of... Lenore. Quaff, oh, quaff this kind potion and forget this lost... Lenore. Quoth the raven... Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempest sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate, yet all undaunted on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Prophet, I cried, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden, it shall clasp a sainted maiden, whom the angels name, Lenore, clasp a rare and radiant maiden, whom the angels name, Lenore. Both the raven. Nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend! I shrieked upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the nice Plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven. Nevermore. And the raven never flitting still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted ever more. Quickly, take out your tablets and answer the following four questions about this seminar. Analyze locate those and search discuss which have discussed and how it relates to those experiences. Time's up. Stylus is down. My matrix has now collected and is collating your work. Your grade shall appear on your tablet by the end of the next portion of the seminar. Once again, it is time to move on. Since today's lesson has dealt with ideas of culture and creativity, consider the idea of a childhood imaginary friend. In its simplest terms, the child's imagination compensates for loneliness by creating a persona to play with. This very idea is a worldwide phenomenon, but consider how this comes to other cultures. Consider a hero of Japan, Genji. Kenshi, do you see the way the smoke from the fire curls its way into the sky? It is like a wandering path to the heavens. It follows the path of your mother's spirit from her burning pyre. 
she will have an easy journey. Yes, father. Bring your little sister. It is time we went home. Your baby brother needs us. Shijin? Shijin, where are you? Come now, we must follow father. There you are. Listen, do you hear that? Wind? Is that all? Branches of the trees. The reeds rustling in the stream. And? What do you hear, Kenshi? There are messages and the noises all around us. Listen with me. not fully gone from us. You will always be able to find her if you do not forget her music. Will you come away with me now? But the smoke, she hasn't left yet. I can still see it. That is not mother. We must go. Father calls us. We must care for him and our baby brother now. Come. I will follow you in a moment. I am not so certain. I will. Well, no shining wizard, as in days of old, search her out for me. Cannot even such a one as he tell me where she is. Flower petals caught in the wind. They're gathering over there. Where did you come from? Have I not always been here? You seem to have blossomed from the ground. Why, your robes are beautiful. <gasps> are you a prince? <laughs> My name is Genji. You are the most beautiful boy I have ever seen. Come, let us make a story. Chapter 1. The Warbler's First Song (laughs) Was it really twelve years ago we met? (laughs) It was twelve years ago you dreamed me up, Shijin. I did no such thing. Many years ago, in the court of the Emperor... No, don't begin again. Tell me of later. Exploiting the darkness, Genji crept into the young woman's bedchamber and was mistaken for her lover. They passed the night in an embrace. She knew soon enough that Genji was not the man she had meant to meet that night, but she did not cry out. Though it was dark, he seemed to shine from within, 
And when basking in his glow, there was no denying that he was uncommonly handsome. Ah, yes. In truth, Genji was beautiful beyond reason. You did not speak of my accomplishments in music and art, for to recount all my virtues would, no doubt, give rise to suspicions that you distort the truth. <laughs> Are you practicing in there? Uh, yes? Who were you talking to? There's no one here. I am only writing. You aren't playing. You may write after you practice your koto. Father is expected back from court within the hour. He will want his study back. Please, I won't leave until you put that brush down. Good. <sighs> I guess you are for later, my shining prince. Genji, stop! I can't play when you look at me like that. <laughs> that tickles! <laughs> Come on! Your assignment this week describe the concepts of creativity and imagination. In less than 5,000 words, analyze the relationship between the two in your personal experience. Class dismissed. Supplemental inquiry. Players for seminar. Featuring the voice talents of Sue Jenkins as the instructor. In The Raven. David Alexander McDonald as Voice 1, Steve Anderson as Voice 2, David Alt as the main voice, Lexi Rall as Lenore, and Perry Whittle as The Raven, written by Edgar Allan Poe, adapted by William E. Spear. In Genji, David Alexander McDonald as Tamataki, Amanda Fitzwater as Kenchi, Alicia Lane Matheson as Shijin, and David Alt as Genji, written by Darian Lindell, directed by Catherine Pride, edited by Jeffrey Bridges. Original music by David Alexander McDonald, produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2007 Pendant Productions. Seminar co-created by Catherine Pride and Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2007 Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.